0: I can't hear this gospel without immediately being transported to the memory of funerals. It's one of the most frequently used passages for memorial services, one chosen to lift up our trust that our loved ones are okay. A question I often hear is, where we go when we die? What happens to us? And holding on to this passage, especially in times of grief, it can be a way of tethering ourselves to the promise that our beloveds have a place with God. It is a comfort and it is beautiful. And it is all too easy to take this sweet assurance and run with it in the direction of our society's individualism. That's how this passage is often portrayed. It's interpreted as as Jesus promising that we will each be taken care of on our own, rewarded as as blessed homeowners in the great beyond. I've heard it remodeled essentially as a promise fashioned after Oprah's generosity. You know, you get a mansion in the clouds all to yourself, and you get a mansion, and you get a mansion. We will be cared for and comfortable and separate. The comfort and care are entirely good. It's that last piece that gets us in trouble Teachings in scripture that seem to be about the end of time are also always speaking about right now, about how we carry on together while we're here together and still very much alive. That's where those separate mansions sink us. This past week, Dr. Vivek Murthy, who is the Surgeon General of the United States, issued an advisory. It's on the epidemic of loneliness and isolation in our country. These advisories are issued in response to serious public health threats. And for the first time, the Surgeon General is highlighting how the lack of social connection is just that. It is a danger to our health. He explains how his research and other sweeping studies all reveal that more than half of Americans are lonely. Perhaps more striking is the fact that these numbers were true before COVID. Our collective loneliness predates the lockdown. That time of sheltering in place only exacerbated the problem. Dr. Murthy writes about the extensive ways that disconnection and isolation harm physical and mental health. It impacts cardiovascular health and the likeliness of diabetes and stroke. It uh, raises the impact of infectious diseases. Lacking social connection, he says, carries more risk than smoking nearly a pack of cigarettes a day. And this widespread loneliness also compromises our collective well-being as a society. It raises the likelihood of violence, makes it harder for communities to be resilient and survive, let alone thrive. It can be hard to pan out from the individual experience of feeling lost at sea, and yet the collective effects are also staggering. That is the state of things for the community of John, out of which this gospel grew. This gospel was written in a community struggling with profound loneliness. Gathered about a hundred years after Jesus' day, these early followers have been separated from the synagogue community. As they gather to tell these stories, they are scared. They are connecting in an underground network, continually looking over their shoulders and trying to avoid lethal missteps. They have each other, but, but this fracture from the wider community must weigh on them. It's in that context that we hear Jesus offering this teaching. Here, five weeks after Easter, we've gone back in time for this passage. This is taking place on the night before he died, while he's having dinner with his friends. They know that things have taken a real turn for the worse. And they're worried, and they're sad, and they're deeply confused as they listen to their friend tell them about his impending death. He's saying goodbye, and they're beginning to understand that, at least a little. And I think he understands the terrible loneliness that is settling in around them as they anticipate this grief. He starts by acknowledging that swirling pain. Do not let your hearts be troubled, he urges. But as is so often the case with scripture, the translation into English misses the nuance that we need. This time it's in the grammar because the your in this sentence is plural, but we can't hear that. And then the heart is actually singular. He's not telling them each individually to buck up. Instead, Jesus is encouraging the scared, sad disciples. He's saying, don't don't let y'all's one heart be troubled. My Hoosier roots help here. Don't let y'all's one heart be troubled. There are many of them, yes, but they all share one heart, he says. They are in this together. They are connected in, in the ways they are fed at that table and connected in surviving all the pain that is to come. Their one heart is broken together, just as their one shared heart is in time healed and even set on fire. From there, from that place of one heart shared among many, Jesus starts into his promise of these places he has prepared for us. Places that transcend the separation that leaves us fearful and aching. Places where we can dwell with God And again, this is not just about what we might imagine will happen when we die or when all is said and done. This is about the kingdom of God that is breaking in here and now. The world that Jesus is asking us to build up and live in while we are here. Our separate individual mansions don't play out so well in serving and tending that one collective heart. And these separate ways of, of looking out for number one or, or making sure all our own ducks are in a row, if also hidden behind fences and walls and screens, these don't play out so well either. And So I have to believe that Jesus is pointing to something else. As I've read and reread this passage, moving it away from the space of of just memorial services and and pulling these words to settle into our regular day-to-day lives. The picture of, of those promised separate mansions has receded further back. And in its place, a different image has come to mind. That of an old boarding house. The front stoop creaks, and the porch is lined with pots of flowers and herbs that people are learning to grow. The walls inside are painted bright colors, none of which really match. And all along the long hallways are bedroom doors that, that don't quite shut properly. Even when you are in your own room, you can hear your neighbors talking through the thin walls. And so for better or worse, you share in their joy and their pain. The smell of whatever is cooking wasps freely through the old boarding house. The bright kitchen is communal, and the endless dining room table is accompanied by sturdy benches on either side, so long that people have to collaborate before they can sit down or get up again. Here in this holy boarding house, People know each other's business not in order to snicker or to judge but to lend a hand, to show up for those in need. I want to propose that we as a church are that boarding house. The doors creak. We are forever going after cobwebs and weeds and dry rot. We just found more. There's all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff up in the attic. Not the, the owl is just, just the beginning there. And I recognize that it's possible you wouldn't have chosen everyone here to be your housemate. Maybe. And yet this is what we are. This is who and how we are. A church home, a household of God, a place for all of us to come and dwell. It is a place where there is ample room for everyone of every kind. And so if this is who we are and how we are, the call then comes for us to remember this truth and live like that. To notice what is happening in each other's lives and then respond, to offer tenderness and care and delight and adventure, all of it. Whether we are brand new here or have been here for decades, we are invited to get brave and reach, to make the extra effort of stepping out of our rooms, our individual spaces, to find each other, and ask real questions, to share our stories, to build up this shared heart in this shared home. Here we are in the depths of another quieter epidemic. We need each other desperately. The Surgeon General is on point in his call for us to reach for each other. Do not let y'all's one heart be troubled, but tend it, share it, live from it together in this one strange and beautiful boarding house.